the gladiator mentality and people look at us like, oh, okay, really? Right, yeah, really. All right, let's do this Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy brought to you by Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048. Check them out, cavensconstruction.com. And uh, just a kind reminder, if you would, if you're listening and you enjoy Diamond Envy, please give us five stars. Please review us. And uh, helps out the podcast, helps things out if you guys continue to uh, review us in a very positive manner. Winning streak one. It feels good to be back on the winning and the run rule side of things. OU looked really good on Wednesday at North Texas. 10-0 win. Stay hot, Jana Johns. Stay hot, Alyssa Brito. Man, Brito is just... Killing the ball right now. But we know what the big story is. The big story is Lou Donahue stepping away from the team. It's surprising news, or at least it surprised me. And, you know, since that was announced a couple of days ago, I've tried to find out more about the situation. And I was surprised to find out that this isn't the first time that Lou Donahue has had this thought of transferring away from OU. Now, from what I was told, she was thinking hard, going all the way back to last season, about transferring. And then she goes on an absolute tear during the postseason, hits three home runs in one day in the Women's College World Series, and honestly was one of the, the main stars from last year's championship run. She was so much fun to watch. But this just hasn't been the season that Lou or even the most of us thought it would be. I thought this year would be, you know, more amazing catches in left field where she's punching the wall, more fist pumps in the outfield, more stomps on home plate. But we haven't seen that from her this year. And it's really, we talk about it all the time, it's really hard to break through. It does not matter if you are clutch. Last year, during even the most important run of the entire year, what have you done for me lately? That is the reality of OU softball. And when you have Alyssa Brito hitting 371 with 11 homers and 30 RBIs, and she's just hitting at the bottom of the order, not the top or the middle, it's really hard to break through. So all that to say, it's going to be hard for Lou to ever consistently break through the order, And you also have to factor in that even more talent will be here next season via recruiting, via the transfer portal, whatever. OU's deep now. They're going to continue to stay deep, especially at the outfield positions. I think she's played her last game at OU. I do. It's a sad thought because she's a local kid. She works hard. And she's incredibly fun to watch. But Lou's got to do what's best for Lou, and I wish her the best luck moving forward. By the way, here was the quote from Patty Gasso on the situation uh, when Lou didn't travel with the team to Austin last week. Quote, right now, just all I can say is Lou is taking care of Lou and what's best for Lou, and that's about it. It's kind of more of a personal thing. I'll just leave it at that. So Lou is doing what's best for Lou right now, end quote. I do want to say this. Whatever happens with Mackenzie Donahue, I hope the absolute best for her. The absolute best. 
because she deserves that. And though her career may not end in a Sooner uniform, last college softball game she ever plays may not be in the Crimson and Cream, I think that her legacy here is secure. When we think of last year's championship run and how exciting that it was and all the drama that was there, I really think that we're going to think of Lou and the massive role that she played. And hey, maybe she ends up back here. I don't know. I'm kind of offering an educated guess at this point, but I would guess that she's probably played her last game at OU. But regardless if I'm right, regardless if I'm wrong, best of luck to her moving forward. She will be an asset to another college softball team out there. 100%. Lou, if she goes somewhere else, will be a really good player and one of the best players wherever she goes. But her legacy is secure at OU. And, and I love that we're going to... I, I love that we're still going to remember her, even though, I again, I don't think that her career is going to end in an OU uniform. That, that's really cool because, by all accounts, she's a good kid. She works hard. And the transfer portal is there for a reason. And I, I hope she makes the, makes the best of it. I, a, a little bit curious as to why the transfer is happening right now, especially this late in the season. Because, as we know in sports, anything could happen. You know, Alyssa Brito is playing extremely well right now. Riley Boone is playing extremely well right now. Jada Coleman played extremely well right now. But you never know what opportunity is going to present itself. So it, I, I guess I'm just a little bit, I'm a little bit curious as to why it's happening now, not versus at the end of the season. But she's got her reasons, and again. Uh, the best luck uh, to her moving forward, for sure. All right, let's get to our interview this week. Uh, this one was a lot of fun. Tara Henry, she is the co-editor of D1 Softball. She also won a national championship at uh, UCLA in the early 2000s. She covers the game now. She was an ex-player, great player, and she does a great job covering the sport as well. Here's our conversation with Tara. All right, she's the D, uh, co-editor of D1Softball.com. Tara Henry joins us, and I've been wanting to have Tara on Diamond Envy for quite some time, so I'm glad that we've been able to track her down. Tara, I want to start here, though, because you saw live maybe the coolest moments of the OU softball season thus far. You were in Hawaii when Jocelyn Allo broke the record. So in terms of you know coolest moments you've ever seen with your own eyes, college softball-wise, where did that moment of Jocelyn, the Hawaii native, breaking it on the island? Like, where does that rank in terms of all-time coolest things you've seen in softball? Yeah, hi Tyler. Uh, first and foremost, thanks for having me. And you know, I've seen a lot of softball. I've been a part of a lot of different softball games, and I would argue that might have been one of the greatest moments uh, to actually witness. You know, I've been to the Women's College World Series. I've played in the Women's College World Series. In fact, I've won the College World Series, <laughs> but I would argue being in the stands that night in Hawaii and just the pure joy and the collective sigh of relief, I would say, from the entire OU softball program, just it, it was incredibly special and just lucky that this is my job and I got to fly out to Hawaii to to witness one of the greatest moments in our sport. I, I, I think you've got that right. I think it's one of the greatest moments I've, I've ever been a part of. Where does she rank in terms of best hitters you've ever seen? Wow, gosh. You know, there's been a ton of 
hitters that have come through our game. You've got, you know, the Stacey Newman's, you've got the Lisa Fernandez's and um, obviously Lauren Chamberlain and Jocelyn, she's super special. And I think, you know, we've got on our side nowadays, we've got a lot of, a lot more technology that, than we had back in the day. Um, but I would say she's up there and, and obviously she's got the record. So I would argue she's one of, you know, one of the best hitters to ever be a part of, uh, of softball. Yeah, we saw one of the more exciting uh, softball games of the entire season last Saturday in Austin. Unfortunately, OU goes down to Texas 4-2. to two. The winning streak to start the season is, is over. Now, the big conversation here, Tara, is the similarities between that loss and hopefully what the Georgia loss did for last year's team. Team last year lost to Georgia, and they were able to you know kind of come back, play their best softball, and eventually win a national championship. Do you think that what happened – at Texas Saturday is a small hiccup or is, is maybe this team about to run into a, a tough stretch here after suffering their first loss of the season? Like, how do you think this team's going to deal with its first loss of the season? You know, I think you could probably equate the two, you know, that Georgia game last season and then the Texas loss, but you know, you've got to remember that, you know, oh, you still won the series. And I know mm-hmm. that the Sooner fan base is all about perfection and, and, you know, are upset about that win streak, but it's still an incredible staff. The pitching staff is incredible. The hitters are incredible. And, and, you know, obviously facing tough opponents in the, in the big 10, you know, Texas and Oklahoma state were always going to be the two that we thought could possibly cause problems for OU, but still incredibly well coached. Obviously Patty and, and, and JT and Jen do a great job there. And, one of the most prolific offenses that we we've ever seen. So I think, you know, when you lose like that, especially to Texas, I, w- I would think they're going to come out hungrier than, uh, than we all would, would imagine. I, I think that's a, it's a team full of, like they say, gladiators. And I would, I would think they're going to start tearing the, uh, some leather off of those softballs uh, heading into this weekend or even tonight. They play tonight. Yeah. 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 Uh, at North Texas tonight, that'll be interesting to see how this team uh, bounces back. You know, you saw this team in Hawaii. Um, did you see this team in Mary Nutter or or the uh, season opener in, in California? I can't remember. I thought you were one of those two. What were your – you've seen Jordy Ball is the point. What would have been yeah. your impressions of the true freshman in the circle? Yeah, I actually was – I was at Bill Barber. That was that, that game against UCLA. I got to watch wow. Jordy throw in person for the first time and was incredibly impressed with her. Couldn't believe she was a rookie. You know, she acts like and, you know, plays the game like a veteran, her energy on the mound, the way she carries herself playing behind her must just be super special for that, that squad, that team. And then, yes, I did watch OU and Mary Nutter, that, te- that Tennessee game. You know, it was really hard to actually walk around at the Mary Nutter. I, yeah. I hope they, <laughs> I hope they get some more seats <laughs> next year, but uh, I was throwing some elbows just trying to get a seat even. And watched, you know, watched the Sooners there and then obviously got to watch OU in Hawaii. So I've I've been fortunate enough this season, which is rare, to see the Sooners play over various periods of time. And, you know, I think people are starting to maybe figure out how to, you know, throw the hitters a little bit better. But that doesn't mean uh, anything's going to change because you've got an incredible lineup, one through nine. Well, well heck, one through 15, if you, if you look at, at the um at the bench or whoever's on the bench uh, during that game 
You know, and with that being said, I, I agree with you. I think OU is going to bounce back just fine because they've got the talent. We know that they've got the coaching staff. I think most people nationally, not everyone, would agree with that as well. But with that, is there an area that maybe concerns you with OU? Not in terms of, you know, finishing strong in Big 12 play, but when it comes to winning another national championship this year, is there an area to where you say, all right, this team's really good, but I'm a little curious to see how this fares in Oklahoma City if they make it that far? You know, I think the biggest question mark heading into 2022 was the pitching staff because, you know, you only had returning Nicole May, and we we didn't really know what Jordy was going to be. We really didn't know how Hope was going to transition from a mid-major to a power five. We assumed she was going to do quite well uh, because she had thrown really well against power fives. But, you know, the pitching staff was a bit of an issue. But after seeing Holt, Haley Dolcini kind of carve up the offense uh, in her her uh, two games thrown against OU. I, I think you know na- teams across the nation are are, are going to see that they'll be able to actually hold OU to a couple of runs. With that said, uh, the pitching staff's going to have to to do a, an incredible job limiting runs scored, and um, that's going to be a Jordy Ball. You, she's an incredible competitor in the circle, but she got hit, you know, she got hit this past weekend. So, you know, shoring up kind of a couple things on, um, on both sides. But again, when you're striving for for perfection, I know the Sooner fan base (laughs) loves to win. Uh, I, I'm not concerned about the Sooners heading to OKC and, uh, I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, that squad in the finals again this year. It's easy to get spoiled, Tara. I mean, it really is. I mean, when they're racking off titles like this, the, you know, longest winning streak to start the season, Jocelyn Allo, the home run queen takes over for Lauren Chamberlain. Like it's, it's really easy to get spoiled. And there was a sense of invincibility, I think, by this fan base. That's why it was such a shock that, you know, they lost the game on Saturday to Texas, even though Texas is a really good softball team. They had the biggest crowd ever at McCombs Field. But when OU's at their best, because there is that sense of invincibility here, is there a gap between OU and everyone else in the country this year when they're playing their best? Or do OU fans really got to face that Montana Fouts and Alabama is right on your heels? A surprise team like Virginia Tech is right on your heels. UCLA is UCLA, and they're always going to be there. Is there a gap between OU and everyone else? Or, 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 or there's like three or four teams there at the top that can easily win it all? Yeah, I, I think you're we're looking at, you know, top top 5, top 8 that potentially have a shot. It's the gap that maybe we saw last year. I don't think it's as big as as it is this year. I think, you know, you, you like you said, you've got Alabama, you know, to be honest, Montana Fouts and Lexi Kilfoyle, they're starting to actually come into their own in the SEC. I mean, if you I don't have the exact stat, but the ERA in the SEC is the lowest is absolutely insane. I think it's like mm-hmm. two, two or three. I, I don't even know what it is. But you know, you got Virginia Tech, Keely Richard, and Emma Lemley. If Emma Lemley can limit the illegal pitches, there, there it's a two-headed monster there for the Hokies. Florida State is Florida State. They managed to get it done. They they tend to play to their opponent. So in big games, they play big. Uh, and then sometimes they'll just drop a you know a midweek or a, and you're thinking what is going on with this offense? But they're right there, like you said, UCLA. You know they lost Aaliyah Jordan 
to injury, but that that squad is obviously with Megan Faremo and now uh, the emergence of Holly Acevedo as a, as a second arm, and and then Arkansas. Gosh, they hit the ball. Uh, mm. That that's going to be a tough squad uh, to to hold at bay. So to answer your question, I don't think the gap is as big as we once thought it was, uh, and I think that loss to to Texas is allowed the the door to kind of per se. Uh, be just cracked open a little bit. I wouldn't say it swung open, but I think cracked open a little bit. I love what you and your team are doing at D1 Softball, just with the unique content, the power rankings amongst positions. Uh, what I think Jocelyn Allo, your latest project or your latest rankings, had her the number one designated player in the country. But it is, you also put out field of 64 projections, and it is that time of the year where mm-hmm. I think we can really start talking about the postseason. Where was uh, OU listed in your recent field of uh, 64 projections? Well, no shocker here, but we've got them at the <laughs> as the number one seed uh, in our, our field of 64. Uh, then we've got Bama as the two, Virginia Tech the three, UCLA the four, uh, Florida State the five, uh, Northwestern, Florida, and then Arkansas rounds out that top eight. Uh, just it's It's an interesting kind of exercise, and you kind of take a look at we're really looking about what we think the committee is, is going to do come, um, uh, you know, selection Sunday. And we take account into account the nitty gritty. I don't know if you're familiar with the nitty gritty yeah. that the CA puts out. Uh, and then, you know, there's a field of 32 automatic qualifiers. And then we go to, go to the at-large. So it's a great exercise. Our, our resident bracketologist, Brady Vernon, he does a great job. We all jump on the call and have a chat about it. and. It's just fun to do, and but we've got OU. They're sitting at that one spot. I don't think a loss to a, a ranked squad is gonna is gonna bump you down at all. And, a, and yeah. a, you know, remember you won the series. I, I feel like I should be reminding your fans that you won the series. <laughs> hey, that's how I started off uh, the Tuesday's podcast. Is like, hey, OU won the series. I know it didn't feel like it, and I know Texas <laughs> celebrated like they won the Natty, but there is no shame going on the road again. Biggest crowd ever, and you won two out of three. And one of those was via run rule. So yeah, I mean, you got to put things in perspective a little bit because you tend to get you tend to get spoiled. I, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. Um, last question I have for you, and it's a little bit off the grid when it comes to to OU softball, but living in Oklahoma City, I mean, this event has just grown and grown and grown so much every single year. They've really put a lot of money in the facility. Has as much money as they put into Hall of Fame Stadium. Can we accurately say that that event is going to be an OKC for the long haul? Or do you think as, you know, maybe the power shifts in the sport more towards the Southeast and the SEC, is there a day maybe where we can see Oklahoma City not housing, um, you know, the, 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 the final tournament of the year? You know, I would like to say yes, but I believe uh, I can't remember what the contract extension that was just signed with USA Softball. So the World Series is going to be there uh, for the next uh, foreseeable future. But you know, it, it would be interesting to get it into a larger field. I mean, we're almost busting at the seams right now uh, with sellout crowds there, and there is the argument that OU has home field advantage. Mm-hmm. People have to remember that OU still has to get to the women's college world series to have that advantage. And yes, is our, is, you know, I've been a part of a tiny little blue square at one point uh, when the UCLA Bruins were playing with OU fans all around. And you know what, at the end of the day, I think if we can put 
people in the seats and and enjoy the great game of softball that that that's the number one priority but you know i i think it's going to be an okc for for uh for some good time here but i wouldn't mind seeing it you know kind of you know travel around the country or you know be in a larger stadium or, or in a minor league stadium in a major league uh, baseball stadium something to that you know um size but uh it's always a great atmosphere there and i always love going to oklahoma city it, it, it's uh it's pretty special yeah it is she's the co-editor of d1 softball tara henry i cannot endorse d1 softball enough i honestly i think they do an incredible job tara thank you so much for giving us some time and uh, we'll see you in oklahoma city coming up here in a few weeks sounds great thanks so much for having me tyler and uh hope everybody has a, a, a great week and uh boomer sooner huh yeah, yeah. Well, as long as they win, Tara, all right? Everybody's got to calm down here. Hopefully they beat North Texas and everyone calms down. But yes, thanks again. <laughs> thanks, Tyler. As you can tell, we recorded before, I think it was the day of the North Texas game, just a few hours before. So yeah, we closed it up right there, talking to us, saying hopefully they beat North Texas. Well, they did. Great stuff from Tara Henry. She is awesome and a national champ as well. So that lends her a little bit of credibility in the sport, I would say. Hey, want to remind you about Cavens Construction. They are the title sponsor for the Diamond Envy podcast. Gary and the team, they do amazing work. Construction, roofing, maintenance, environmental work, 24-7 emergency repairs. Cavens can help you out. OKC, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612, or check them out, cavensconstruction.com. Uh, you owe Caven some gratitude. They just helped out with the recent project at the Hertz Donuts on Campus Corner in Norman. Everyone likes donuts. Everyone likes Hertz. So big thanks to Cavens uh, for getting that squared away for the uh, home game series against Iowa State this weekend and, of course, the OU spring game uh, that is taking place as well. But Cavens Construction, appreciate their continued support of the podcast. Construction, roofing, 24-7 emergency repairs, maintenance, they got you. I promise. CavensConstruction.com. Check them out today. All right, let's get to our buddy Terry Price, OU softball home run tracker. I cannot wait for this week's stat of the week. And now, without further ado, the stat of the week. Brought to you by OU Home Run Tracker at Sooner Prices. Hey, Sooner fans. Today I'd like to give you an update on how the Oklahoma softball team ranks individually when compared to the top 50 in each category that the NCAA keeps track of. Total bases, Oklahoma has three players in the top 50. RBIs, three players in the top 50. Home runs for the season, three players in the top 50. On base percentage, four players in the top 50. Strikeout to walk ratio, two players in the top 50. Batting average, three players in the top 50. Shutouts for the season, three players in the top 50. Hits allowed per seven innings, three players in the top 50. Slugging percentage, three players in the top 50. ERA, three players in the top 50. Runs per game, four players in the top 50. Now that's pretty impressive when you consider the fact that there's almost 6,000 girls that play softball in NCAA Division One. I. I love that from Terry. Yeah, the uh, the dominance is real. 
Oh, my God. I mean, that's like every major category. I think Terry just he listed off every statistical category there is in college softball. And OU had multiple players rank in the top 50 on that. That's, that's pretty incredible. To piggyback off of Terry a little bit, um, I got this via Suitersports.com. Uh, Oklahoma holds the number one ranking in nine national categories as a team. They are number one in batting average with a 377 mark. ERA, 0.66, home runs, 109, home runs per game, 2.72, slugging percentage, 780. Uh, They're number one in uh, runs per game with 9.44, number one in on-base percentage, 486, number one in win-loss percentage, 975, and uh, number one in uh, shutouts as well, 23. It is incredible what this team is doing right now. But I didn't really need to tell you that, did I? I think we all could uh, figure it out for ourselves by now. Hey, want to tell you about another sponsor we have, Dr. Amanda Sadler at In Motion in Norman. She just opened her new clinic earlier this week. So big congrats to Dr. Amanda Sadler for uh, opening up that new clinic in Norman. She is not a one-time graduate of the University of Oklahoma. No, 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 no. That's not good enough. She is a two-time graduate at the University of Oklahoma, and now she is in Norman doing great work. Want to feel better? have more energy, and optimize your health and wellness? Well, Dr. Amanda Sadler at the New In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with you to bridge the gap between fitness and functional medicine. For more information, call 405-515-4040. That's 405-515-4040. In motion, because what moves you moves us. Let's actually hear from Dr. Sadler. She gives us some helpful tips every single week. Let's see what she's got for us this time around. Dr. Sadler, what's gait analysis and why is it important? So gait analysis is looking at how a person walks or runs, looking at their biomechanics. And so when it comes to an athlete, you know, some people don't consider themselves running, but essentially in any sport you do, there's some type of running involved. And so what, what I do is you can either use it for um, performance enhancement, so making your running form more efficient, or if you're having injuries, I can look at like from a biomechanical standpoint and make improvements to where you're less injury prone and we can get you over the hump of those injuries. Uh, in my clinic, I use a combination of things. I use video analysis. I also do a lot of um, just exercises and stretches beforehand to look at your stability, at your flexibility, at your what's called your mobility. And then I use a motorless treadmill. So you essentially become the motor. And so that really lets me see any flaws or deficits in um, your stride, which is um, what's considered your um, your when you're running your stride is if a left leg and a right leg goes, that's a stride cycle. And so just making sure that you're balanced. And um, so a lot of lot goes into it. And then what goes home with the patient is some tips on what they can do to practice on their form, some stretching, some strengthening exercises, and just really get them running as fast and efficiently as possible. Hey, Sooner Nation. This is Macy Wilson Turley, member of the 2000 National Championship softball team. Guess what day it is? It's game day, baby. We've got a doubleheader versus Iowa State today at 4 and 6.30. Tomorrow, we've got the series finale at 1 p.m. 
followed by the spring game, the football game at 3 p.m. Yay, what a fun weekend. And to top it all off, we get to witness history. We get to see Baker Mayfield immortalized as a statue. There's not too many living people who get to see their own statue put up. I love Baker. I'm pretty sure all of Sooner Nation loves Baker. And I think we all love him for the same reasons. Because Baker is Baker. He's genuine. He's passionate. He's a fighter. He's competitive. And he lets you see it. That's what makes him such a great athlete and a Heisman Trophy winner. And now, a statue owner? How do you even say that? It's amazing. It's been so fun to watch him and to listen to his stories about when he was 10 years old going to OU games and basically playing pickup football games with other kids in that same exact spot. And he reminds me so much of Jordy Ball. That same fight and tenacity and passion. They're so much fun to watch. And if you listen to Coach Gasso, she will talk about Jordy Ball versus Jocelyn Allo in practice. These two are competitive in practice. You've got great going against great, iron sharpening iron, both making each other better and both refusing to lose. Coach Gasso even said, it's not friendly. In fact, it's pretty darn intense. And you've got to love that from your student athletes. Athletes who go out and they fight and they fight hard to where it's visceral for them. They feel it. They feel it more than any other normal person would ever feel it. And it taking that loss hurts more than a win will ever feel good for them. And it's just so amazing that we get to watch all of this unfold. We got to watch Baker Mayfield. We get to watch Jordy Ball and Jocelyn Allo and the rest of the Sooners. And it just makes me feel hashtag blessed. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. But I love that we get to sit on the sidelines and, and witness all of that. So I just, again, encourage everyone to go out and support your Sooner softball team. Get to the spring game. Don't worry about the weather. Take a poncho. Everyone's going to be fine. And it's going to be so much fun. Until we talk again, Sooner Nation, this is Macy Wilson-Turley, Boomer Sooner. Bye. I knew it. I just knew it. As soon as Macy started talking about Baker Mayfield, I'm like, she's coming back with this somehow. She's bringing this back with OU softball somehow. And the comparison with Jordy Ball was spot on, was absolutely fantastic. Macy's Minute does it once again. And yeah, like she said, uh, it is game day. Macy laid out the schedule for us, so I really appreciate her doing it so I don't have to. Cyclones are in town. Look, just to be upfront and honest, OU's the best team. They're the number one team in the sport. Iowa State is not. 21-21 and 21 on the year. Have struggled so far in Big 12 play, 2-7. Uh, and seven. We could do an in-depth breakdown of the Iowa State Cyclones. I honestly don't think that we need to. I think that we could keep it as simple as, same story, different weekend, 
you are the superior team. You're much better than Iowa State. So what it comes down to is can you have the game-to-game consistency? Now, a little bit different because Friday you play a doubleheader. So can you have the consistency in Game 2 that you had in Game 1? I hope that's the case because Sooners are much better than the Cyclones. Uh, They've got the pitching depth to be able to play three games in two days. This should be a series where, frankly, OU scores a lot of runs and they don't surrender very many Iowa State runners. This is definitely a scenario where OU could run roll the Iowa State in all three games for sure. And I, I would expect big crowds. It's I know the schedule got altered a little bit, but let's not act like that matters. You can play a 6 o'clock game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, and that place is still sold out. Home Run Village, cannot wait to see what that looks like, the return of it this weekend. That's going to be really cool. It'll be back for the Oklahoma State series as well. But the the one loss, I, I just I don't think it's going to factor in. I think that it's going to cause this team to maybe play its best softball. That's already shown. In Denton, Texas earlier this week, nice 10-0 win over North Texas. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the dominance continues uh, after a three-game sweep of the Iowa State Cyclones. All right, that'll do it for this episode. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Diamond Envy Podcast. And if you can, please leave a review. Please give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening to the podcast. Thank you to Cavens Construction for being the title sponsor. Thank you to Dr. Amanda Sadler at the In Motion Clinic and Norman for being a great sponsor as well. Thank you to Terry Price of the OU Softball Home Run Tracker. Thank you to Macy Turley, Macy Wilson Turley of Macy's Minute. And again, Thank you to you that you keep supporting the podcast. Until next week, let's go get a sweep. Sooners back in conference play this weekend. Let's fill up Marita Hines.